Hello, this is Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based GI, and I'm here today with Jeffrey Lee, Staff Gastroenterologist and Research Scientist at Kaiser Permanente, Northern California. We'll be discussing a recent study in JAMA Oncology by Ma and Wong and colleagues entitled Association of Screening Lower Endoscopy with Colorectal Cancer Incidence and Mortality in Adults Older Than 75 Years. And Jeff, just to start, you know, why is this an important subject to research? Well, first of all, thank you, Phil, for having me on this inaugural ACG Evidence-Based GI podcast and allowing me to review this timely and important topic. So now back to the question. So why is this topic important? So as you know, and others, you know, primary care doctors and gastroenterologists, including ourselves, receive a lot of questions from our geriatric population or older patients who are interested in colorectal cancer screening. However, we as a community have constantly struggled on whether our older patients may benefit from colorectal cancer screening. Nearly all randomized trials have studied the impact of colon cancer screening prevention have not included individuals 75 years of age and older. So there's very little evidence to support whether screening would benefit among older individuals that are greater than 75 years of age. So if you look at our guidelines, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force and the ACG colorectal cancer screening guidelines, which were recently published, they recommend that screening should continue until age 75 years of age with, and the evidence is actually pretty good to support that recommendation. Now, if you're older than 75 years of age, the guideline recommends an individualized approach for screening if you're between 76 to 85 years of age. However, this recommendation was given a C recommendation from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force and a conditional recommendation from the ACG with very low evidence to support that recommendation. So what's the very low quality of evidence that supports this individualized screening for our older adults, 76 to 85 years of age? Well, it's essentially modeling data that shows some benefit among those who are older than 75 years of age. So therefore, given the limited or paucity of data on the benefits of screening after 75 years of age, I commend the authors for uh, addressing this important topic and evaluating the impact of endoscopic screening among individuals over 75 years of age on colorectal cancer incidence and colorectal cancer-related mortality. I think the key point was that the ACG guidelines recommend an individualized approach to colorectal cancer screening in the individual 76 up to 85. But as you said, all we have is modeling data and it's tough to make a good individualized decision then. And it seems like this is a great study to help make that recommendation to patients. So what exactly did the authors investigate? How did they do this study? Yeah, so the authors used a prospective cohort study design to evaluate the question, you know, does screening colonoscopy or sigmoidoscopy reduce colorectal cancer incidence and colorectal cancer-related mortality in individuals older than 75 years of age with or without a significant comorbidities? So the author used two well-established cohorts, the Nurses' Health Study, which was established back in 1976, and the Health Professionals Follow-Up Study, which was established 10 years later in 1986. And they combined them into one cohort to study this important question. Each individual in this cohort completed a questionnaire every two years 
about their demographics, lifestyle factors, medical history, their disease outcomes, their cancer screening history, which includes whether they received a colonoscopy or sigmoidoscopy. And so they followed these individuals over time and their exposure of interest was whether they received a screening sigmoidoscopy or a colonoscopy at age 75 or after age 75 years of age. And the questionnaire would also ask whether they were diagnosed with colorectal cancer. And to confirm if they truly indeed have a diagnosis of colorectal cancer, the authors from the study sought permission to obtain their medical records and pathology report to confirm their diagnosis. Now, to determine whether they died from colorectal cancer, the authors identified those who died from colorectal cancer using the National Death Index. The authors also used a Cox proportional hazards model as their analytic approach to estimate the association between screening endoscopy and the risk of colorectal cancer and colorectal cancer-related death, and they would adjust for potential confounders. And these potential confounders include age, sex, questionnaire cycle, the type of cohort, the family history of colorectal cancer, BMI, physical activity, alcohol consumption, tobacco history, uh, aspirin use or NSAID use, and other like multivitamins, calcium, folate, along with red or processed meats. And so they adjusted for those important confounders in their Cox proportional hazards model. Well, you know, my understanding is that the nurses health study and the health professionals follow-up study are really the gold standard for prospective cohort studies, at least in the United States, where we don't have a, a truly nationalized health system. And the, gosh, they've done a great job of following these patients every two years for decades. And they've got tens of thousands of patients to look at with great data to adjust for those confounders, as you said. So it seems quite likely that this is going to produce accurate results. And so what did the investigators find as far as results go? So the authors found that compared to no screening, a screening endoscopy, either defined as a screening colonoscopy or a screening sigmoidoscopy, after 75 years of age, was significantly associated with a 39% reduction of colorectal cancer incidence and a 40% reduction of colorectal cancer mortality, regardless if you had any prior screening history. Now, if you've never had any screening in the past and were interested in your first screening colonoscopy or his first screening sigmoidoscopy after age 75 years of age, the authors found that screening was also significantly associated with a 49% reduction in colorectal cancer incidence and a 37% reduction in colorectal cancer-related mortality. Interestingly, the authors found no benefit of screening sigmoidoscopy or colonoscopy in terms of colorectal cancer-related mortality among individuals older than 75 years of age if you had either cardiovascular disease, which they define as if you had a history of a myocardial infarction or history of a stroke, or if you had at least three significant comorbidities. And they define these significant comorbidities as if you had hypertension, diabetes, hypercholesterolemia, or even cardiovascular disease. And so the authors concluded that screening reduces colorectal cancer incidence and related mortality among individuals 75 years of age or greater, regardless if you had any prior screening history. However, the benefit, and this is the key thing, it, it appears to be among individuals without significant comorbidities. 
That's really important information to unpack because whether you've had screening or not before age 75, colorectal cancer screening is beneficial as long as you're healthy, meaning that you haven't had a stroke or you don't have multiple comorbidities like diabetes, hypertension, hypercholesterolemia. And intuitively, I think that makes sense to us, but gosh, it's nice to see some actual data that reinforces our perception because, hey, if you're over 75, but you're healthy without a history of cardiovascular disease or multiple other comorbidities like diabetes, it's worth it to go ahead and keep screening. On the other hand, I have to admit, I have a lot of patients that get sent to me for colonoscopy after age 75 that are really sick with a lot of cardiovascular disease and diabetes and hypertension that is not well controlled. And maybe we should be doing a little bit better job as gastroenterologists of educating both our referral base, as well as our patients that might not really be that useful to keep screening after age 75 when you have all those other disease processes. I mean, are there other limitations to the study design that might affect your application of this data to your practice? Yeah. Like you mentioned, the nurse's health study and the health professionals follow-up study are essentially the gold standard or just the best cohorts that we have in the United States to kind of evaluate this question. But there are a few limitations worth noting uh, from the study. You know, although the nurse's health study and the health professionals follow-up study are powerful cohorts, the study participants were mostly white professionals, which limits the study generalizability. And therefore, we need additional studies to confirm these findings. So second, the study may suffer from confounding by indication, specifically the improved colorectal cancer incidence and related mortality outcomes could be due to self-selection of healthier patients that desire to be screened as opposed to the actual benefits of screening itself. So those are probably the two limitations worth noting from this study. We definitely need better research across different ethnicities, across different races, as opposed to a understandable limitation here, which is simply that it's mainly a Caucasian population. And I do want to also note, they've been following these patients, say for the nurses health study since 1988. And that's why it's sigmoidoscopy as well as colonoscopy, since it really was until after 2000 that we started doing routine screening colonoscopy. So what do you do in your own practice, Jeff? Yeah, so for patients that are older than 75 years of age, I usually provide an individualized recommendation based on their age, comorbidities, life expectancy, preferences and values, and their prior screening history. And so I, in terms of life expectancy, I have found that e-prognosis, a tool that only takes a few minutes to perform, isn't actually an incredible helpful resource uh, to estimate life expectancy. And you can find that on the website of eprognosis.ucsf.edu, I believe, or you can just Google that. It's a nice tool that includes patients' current living situation, whether they live at home or at a, a skilled nursing facility. And it asks a few questions on their frailty status and whether they have certain comorbidities. So I found it incredibly helpful and it's been well-validated to be able to estimate the five-year life expectancy. So if you have a patient 
that has a greater than 50% chance of living past five years based on that calculator, and they're relatively healthy, and they're seeking about some advice about whether to pursue colorectal cancer screening, I usually will advise that, you know, hey, maybe it's, there is some benefit for you to get colorectal cancer screening if you have a greater than 50% life expectancy for five to 10 years. However, if you have certain comorbidities, such as congestive heart failure, which was not evaluated, they didn't have enough uh, patients in this study. But generally, if you have congestive heart failure, you know, or significant pulmonary disease, or even a significant smoking history, I typically advise against uh, undergoing colorectal cancer screening after age 75 years of age. And I hope additional studies will help confirm that finding. This has been helpful to me because if I have a patient over 75 who's had a heart attack or stroke or has a history of coronary artery disease plus diabetes plus hypertension, which is so common in my population, or if it's some combination of those things plus COPD, that's a good back of the envelope shortcut for me to say, we're done. And and you really educated me about this that for questionable cases, that e-prognosis tool is really easy to use. So if I'm on a borderline, it just takes a couple of minutes to plug in a few facts and figure out if the patient has at least a 50% chance of living for another five years to make a recommendation. But it'll be interesting in the future to get better data about what we as gastroenterologists are doing, because my guess is that we're probably recommending colon cancer screening a little bit too often in this population, that it's a lot easier to just routinely say in that 73 or 74 year old, yeah, come back in 10 years for another screening colonoscopy, when really we should probably be erring on the side of saying you're, you're probably done with screening. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's particularly challenging. I, it's for us gastroenterologists, it's hard to say stop or even to consider that uh, when to stop. And I do agree that there should be more studies to look at what's going on in our current practice in terms of how we as gastroenterologists are treating this or addressing this particular question. Are we actually providing an individualized approach or are we actually just like you encounter on a daily clinical practices? We get a lot of referrals among older adults that are older than 75 years of age that have actually some of these or many of these significant comorbidities. And we probably are potentially over-screening. And so it's unclear whether the benefit outweighs the harms associated with a screening colonoscopy. And so we have to be mindful of that. And I found this article incredibly helpful in terms of identifying what comorbidities may not be uh, you know, beneficial for our patients who are interested in getting uh, colorectal cancer screening. Absolutely. I've become much more aggressive about saying to patients they don't need more screening and knowing that a history of cardiovascular disease or multiple comorbidities like diabetes and hypertension, et cetera, are the ones that aren't associated with reductions in colorectal cancer mortality has been very helpful to me. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll go ahead and close here. And thanks again, Jeff, for joining us today. Thank you, Phil. Really appreciate it.